Conference of Champions rolls on. No truck stops here. We are the Pac-12. We are the best of the best. Hello, welcome to No Truck Stops and Pac-12 Podcast. I'm Carlos, joining me is Avery. What's up? Greg. Hey. And Matthew Bertson. Is that my name? When did I change that? I forgot all about that. Hi. This is our basketball episode talking Pac-12 hoops. We posted our football episode yesterday and Tuesdays will be dedicated to just hoops. Today we are starting our previews. This is part one of our three-part preview for Pac-12 basketball season before the season tips off on November 9th. As always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod, and send us your questions via email at NoTruckStopsPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I guess you could also send us your questions on Twitter and Instagram also, but that's just what we always write in the script. Uh, today we're talking about two things really quick uh, as we preview the basketball season. One, Non-conference games we're looking uh, most forward to, and two are locks for the tournament from the Pac-12. First, let's start with non-conference games we're most looking forward to. We have a stacked set of non-conference games, a lot of really exciting ones, but which one to two games are you most excited about that you think are appointment viewing for Pac-12 basketball fans? Avery, let's start with you. Okay, so staying on trend... And on brand, I decided that the most exciting not, or one of the non-conference games I'm very much looking forward to is Oregon State at Iowa State. Um, go Beavlet. Let's let's talk about Iowa State really quickly. Last year, they were one of the worst power five, if not the worst power five uh, basketball programs in the country. Their record was two and 22. They didn't get a single win in conference play. Absolutely terrible. Um just just disgusting behavior out there they have a ton of turnover on their team they have a new coach um who actually looks like he might not be bad it's his first year his last name is Otzelberger so that probably means he'll be good um and as we know Oregon State had a really great season last year they were the Cinderella's of March Madness they ended up winning the Pac-12 tournament and getting a bid into March Madness where they made it all the way to the Elite Eight despite um everyone considering them just undeserving to be there they proved their worth and they also had some big losses in the off season um namely ethan thompson graduated and zach I, his last name's pronounced reichel right reichel? yeah that's right he also graduated um so that is kind of a big loss for them and i think everyone's going to continue underestimating Oregon State, maybe expecting a little bit more out of them because of how they played. It won't sneak up on them as much as it did in 2020 and 2021. But going to Iowa State to play what was, the I would say, the worst Power 6 team in the country, if they don't completely destroy Iowa State, I would say people's expectation of Oregon State they're fair. So I'm really excited to see if Oregon State just completely dismantles whatever Iowa State's trying to rebuild over there. And I'll feel much more confident about the Beavlet going into the season. Yeah, I'm going to go with a fairly basic pick here, but I'm going to try to stay non-basic in the reasoning. Um, I'm excited for Villanova at UCLA. 
Yes, it's number four versus number two. Really good teams, all that. We know that. I'm excited that this one is actually on campus at UCLA and not a uh, neutral site, Vegas, Maui, something like that. I really want to see if early in the season, if the juice is in that building. Um, That is something that I um, am hoping exists in college basketball as I journey into my college basketball uh, uh, waiting. And so... um, I'm I'm excited for that game because I want to see if the the preseason hype that UCLA is getting, all of the returning, um, everything that that they did last year with the uh, Final Four run, I um, I want to see if that building is rocking for a really really big matchup early, and I mean UCLA needs to win that one to keep the next, um, you know, kind of kind of keep the. The, the prognostications about the Pac-12 getting a lot of teams in because I think that if UCLA falters here, they maybe potentially falter in what I know is going to be Greg's pick. All of a sudden, the views of the Pac-12 go right back to where they were last year. So I'm, I'm really excited for that one. Yeah, Oregon State, their game that I mentioned and UCLA's game are on the same day. Oregon State is at 7 p.m. Pacific time and UCLA Villanova is at... 8:30 Pacific time. So sit down, Nonsense. watch the Beavlet, and then go straight into UCLA crushing Villanova. It's just beautiful. I cannot but I cannot believe they put I cannot believe they put UCLA Villanova at 8:30 p.m. It's so late. They needed to let people they needed to let people get through traffic. They they got to get through the LA LA rush hour. <laughs> they wanted to make sure everyone watched yeah. Oregon State. So uh, the game that I picked is the most basic of all games. It is a rematch of a classic Final Four game, UCLA-Gonzaga. And uh, my reasoning for that is also basic, and it is that game is going to be a huge indicator of of if the UCLA hype is for real. Uh, They have a ton of it coming into this season, preseason number two, uh, and there is not a better team in the country better to prove it against than Gonzaga, the preseason number one, who's got maybe the best coach in the country, the player of the year favorite in Drew Timmy, and then amazing prospect Chet Holmgren coming in. Uh, the last game between these two teams was awesome. Some of the most fun I've ever had watching sports was uh, during that game. And uh, while I don't think this game is going to be quite that level of entertaining, uh, I think it'll be fun and it'll teach us a lot. Yeah, for me, uh, I went with Arizona State, San Diego State on November 18th. And um, I think I think I went with that one because this is a huge year for Arizona State and their head coach, Bobby Hurley. Um, and this game against San Diego State is their first big test, and it comes super early, four games in. San Diego State figures to be a contender in its own truck stop conference in the Mountain West. Um, they've been really great the past couple of years, and so while they're not an elite team, they're probably a good one always have been and have been for years uh that's going to be a tall task for an arizona state team that is bringing in almost an entirely new roster that people are sort of projecting to be in the tournament and to be contending for the tournament Um, i think they bring in a total of nine new players and are second to last in the conference in returning minutes from last season um this kind of year this year was it's sort of uh Bobby Hurley's attempt to get away from the things that people have denigrated his teams for, uh, rightfully so. 
they called themselves guard you and often that meant let's roll out the ball and let our guards do whatever they want um and it also resulted in them having almost little to no front court depth any real front court talent whatsoever and that's going to be that they've shored that up just talent wise but it's entirely new players remy martin's gone alonzo verge is gone um and now they're sort of relying on um some some unproven um talent coming in for the first time so this is a prove it year for bobby hurley honestly and, and while i don't think a ton of people have him like on the hot seat He's been praised for elevating uh, Arizona State's talent level considerably while also being derided for squandering the talent almost more than any other coach in the conference. Um, So it's a huge task. I think that game against San Diego State, uh, which is frequently regarded as a well-coached team, um, they're going to give them fits and put Arizona State's backs against the wall. And so I'm I'm dying to see how Arizona State responds and looks. I know that they often have really good non-conference runs, but... I think this year might be different. I think these games are going to really say a lot about Arizona State more than they had in the past. Did anybody have any other games that they were really excited about that stuck out to them? UCLA, North Carolina. I was surprised no one said that. Uh, That's big for the same reason. Uh, The Gonzaga game is big because I think North Carolina is going to be really good this year. So, uh, I mean, that one is just... I'm really excited to watch most of UCLA's non-conference because this can just be some great basketball yeah i will say these ucla non-conference games are going to be huge um for viewership pac-12 basketball like if ucla looks good if ucla is able to beat villanova and at least have a really close game with gonzaga i think you're gonna get a ton more eyes on the pac-12 than you would if ucla lost both of these games so i'm stoked to watch ucla uh, other games that I think stuck out that I was sort of looking at the schedule, Arizona, Wichita State, and Las Vegas on November 19th, I think will be interesting. Baylor, the defending champs, they get three Pac-12 teams in a three-week span, Stanford on November 20th, Arizona State on November 24th, and Oregon on December 18th. Um, Arizona gets a big test against Illinois on December 11th, and uh, lastly, one one that I didn't hear mentioned, in Colorado hosting Kansas on December 21st. So, yeah, some exciting games. I'm super excited. All right, the next part here um, is tournament locks. Uh, Let's talk about who we think are locks, absolute locks for the tournament, not bubble teams, but teams we think are definitely going around. And the way we'll do this is I'm going to go around and share my tournament locks. Not bubble teams, not the first four, but who I think is absolutely definitely going to make the tournament. And you are going to tell me whether you have them on your list also. Um, We'll go one by one here. And my first lock for the tournament is a super obvious one. I think everyone will have them on there. It's UCLA. They bring back 93% of their returning minutes. They bring back every single player from their final four run. And then they add an elite rim defender and big man in Miles Johnson and a top-rated recruit um, who figures to be a really good perimeter defender in Peyton Watson. I'm assuming you all had him on your list? Yeah, my my one smallish concern is that UCLA went on a big run, and yes, they've added to it, but it's one of those situations where it's um, you you are returning a bunch of the same team that was on the bubble last year. So I don't, I mean, yes, it's a lock. Yes, they'll be good. Yes, I. it's not like the Pac-12 is not going to get any team, and if they only get one or two or three teams, obviously UCLA is in there. But I don't know. I think the addition of an elite rim protector is going to do wonders for their regular season 
in comparison to last year's. Yeah, definitely should. Yeah, that's fair. Um, a second lock I have here. I think this is another kind of obvious one. It's Oregon. Um, I know Oregon brings uh, back not as many minutes, um, but this is sort of their MO um, is they turn over a lot of players, bring in uh, talented players, and um, Dana Altman sort of figures out uh, how to make them mesh and starts they often have start uh, slow starts to the season, but we've sort of gotten used to that. Oregon fans have gotten super used to that um, and have learned how to weather the early season struggles. Um, I think just on Dana Altman's, uh, I don't know why I'm having a hard time, Dana Altman's uh, track record alone, he probably deserves respect. Um, but they do bring in some really talented players. I think Oregon is going to have enough talent to compete in the Pac-12. I don't think that they will be able to compete for UCLA, but I certainly think they're a lock for the tournament. Um, was he on your list, Matt? They on were, were they? I keep saying he. <laughs> were they on your list? Yes, most definitely. Greg? Uh, yeah, and just Dana Altman feels like all you have to say for why Oregon's gonna gonna make the tournament. I think he's the best coach in the conference. So, uh, I do not think he's the best coach in the conference. I think Mick Cronin's the best coach in the conference. But yeah, Oregon's on my list. That's right. Yes. Okay. That's that feels like another one. And I think from here we get a little murky. I think this is a lock. I think everyone will have them. But let's see. Uh, I've got USC as my third lock. I think that they still bring back a fair amount of talent. Um, I'm not convinced by Andy Enfield. I think of the this he's the third coach of the three coaches we've mentioned so far: Mick Cronin, Dana Altman, Andy Enfield. By far the worst. I don't think Andy Enfield is a great coach. Um, but they still have talent. Isaiah Mobley will be uh will will certainly bring back a lot of the production that he had last year. Ethan Anderson um is also coming back. They've got some players coming back. Um, and added uh Boogie Ellis, I think that's his name, uh top rated recruit, uh transfer wasn't he? I can't remember. Um, anyway, he's gonna figure to be a a big factor here. But they are my third lock. USC. Do you all is that is are they all locks on your list? It's not a lock on my list. Um, I've definitely, it, we've exhausted my locks. Um, I I do think that USC is in a really good place of the get old, stay old mantra. Um, if you're not going to be a one and done program, that they're in a, they have a really good roster balance. Um, but I think that we get into, I, I think probably like the next six teams, I think are our bubble teams. And it really just depends on what the perception is. Um, and you know, overall Ken Palm of the conference looks like of whether or not they get in. Cause they could be anywhere, you know, between three and, 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 and eight. Oh my gosh. There's a scoregami. Um, anyways, sorry for interrupting. That's very exciting. I agree with Matt. I very much can only say that there are two locks in this conference and that's UCLA and Oregon, but USC is right there for me. I think the PAC 12 ends up getting five teams in March madness, which might be stretching it, but USC is probably going to be one of those five teams. I'm just not confident enough to say that they're a lock. I had USC on my list, but I mean, there's, they're definitely a tier below the, the teams we mentioned already. I don't trust Andy Enfield all that much, but I do think uh, USC's got the, they've got a tournament roster that should be able to make it, and so I put them on my list. Yeah, I'm really curious about them. I 
Andy Enfield is just, I don't trust him, but I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I've got two more locks, actually. Maybe this is more than what you all have. My last two locks that I had here, I think I, I have Arizona as a lock, and I know that's risky because uh, they're under a first-year head coach under Tommy Lloyd, who was the assistant at Gonzaga after the whole Sean Miller debacle. Um, who he got fired really for actually having a losing record, but you know, under the guise of this, uh, you know, NCAA investigation, I think that Arizona has talent. Um, I really like Azulis Tubelis. Uh, I really think that they have a lot of uh, really promising players, a lot of really good European talent. Uh, I don't know. I just uh, Arizona is always a threat to win the conference just by the nature of their program and the talent that they have at their disposal all of the time, um, by the nature of their home court advantage, which I think, which I think is the best in the conference. We'll see. Maybe UCLA might push if they really have a crowd rocking. Um, but Arizona is one of my locks. And then my last lock is Washington State. I know that people have them more as a kind of like a borderline bubble team. I uh, Washington State brings back a fair amount of talent. And Kyle Smith... Um, might be a very good coach. I think he's gotten a lot of hype and buzz and respect really from how Washington state carried itself out last year. Super competitive. This is probably the most competitive Washington state has been in a while. So I, I think that I think, I think ultimately Washington state gets in, but you know, that's just sort of where we're at now. Maybe all that promise ended up not, not translating. Maybe it's COVID. I have no idea, but um, I think Washington State is locked. Anyone? Did anyone else have either Arizona or Washington State on their lists? I had Arizona on my list also. Uh, I think Tommy Lloyd was a great hire, and I think that is going to go well for them. And that defense is going to be nasty, and they they add talent as well. I'm definitely not going to go cry about Pella Larson now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. These. Oh, uh, forgot about Pella Larson. The transfer from Utah. Yeah, these are <laughs> these are both teams that I think will make the tournament, um, but I'm not confident enough to say they're a lock. Washington State is definitely like my biggest sleeper pick in this conference, though. Yeah, I, I like both the picks for definitely top half teams. Um, I think both of these teams are going to get somebody while also not being real threats for the conference. So, um, yeah, strongly on the bubble for sure. Yeah. Yeah, certainly I think they're 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 more of a stretch, I think. But did anyone else have locks on their list that I did not have on mine? I'm surprised. Avery, you don't have do you not have Oregon State as a lock? Oregon State is not a lock, but I think Oregon State is still going to make the conference because they are sweet sweet beeblet. They bring back so much talent. Um I really I I kind of played with them having everyone is everyone is projecting them to be like bottom four in the conference. And it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I guess if you really think the only thing that was really good about or sustainable about them was Ethan Thompson, um, their point guard who did a lot and had to do a lot for Oregon state's offense to function. If you think he is, uh, the thing that made her break that team, I wouldn't be shocked because they did look brutal in the tournament with Ethan Thompson off the floor. But I don't know. They bring back Roman Silva. They bring back Warth Alatiche. Um, they bring back Maurice Kalu. Like, they bring back a lot of impact players from last year. Like, I don't see why they can't uh, make the tournament somewhat comfortably. Um, and Wing Tinkle has proven to be a good coach. Especially if year they're... Year in um, and year out. Over... If... Yeah. 
Um, if Oregon State football manages to make the Pac-12 championship game, like Oregon basketball is just going to build off of that hype and it's just going to be like a never-ending <laughs> funnel of power from football to basketball. So Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> make a hell of a um, Disney movie. Yeah, wow. Uh, imagine there's just like some sort of weird collusion happening that's like the football team is giving money to the basketball team and the basketball team make, team makes money. They give it to, I don't know, something weird happening there. I have no idea. Yeah. When would that ever um, happen? Some, <laughs> some heist stuff going on. I have no idea. Um, any other locks, any other teams that you think we ought to be considering? Are those the teams, the ones that we just mentioned, are those all of the Pac-12 tournament teams? Do you think any other teams are worthy of getting into the tournament? Might get into the tournament? I don't think any other teams will get in, but uh, Colorado, I mean, no love, no love for Colorado. Oh gosh, I totally forgot about Colorado. T- Colorado is definitely capable of it, but uh, after losing McKinley Wright, he's really, really hard to replace. So I am uh, skeptical, but hopeful for them. Uh, yeah, the other one here, not a lock, but is going to be in contention or should be is Arizona State. We just talked about them. I just talked about them. I don't know. Um, Arizona State really needs to make the tournament. I think uh, Bobby Hurley's. I don't know. Bobby Hurley is on. He's on thin ice. I, I don't know. I, I. I guess a lot of Arizona State fans are really happy with the amount of talent he's bringing in, but uh, I don't know. I, I think they've they've had a rough they've had a rough couple of years and really had a rough twenty 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 one. So. We'll see. Um, certainly not a lock for me, but I think they're another team that'll be threatening. In the end, uh, just again, full Bill Walton take. I think we're getting eight. The record for Pac-12 teams in the tournament is seven. Uh, I'm just going to just be pure Bill Walton Pac-12 propaganda um, and say eight of them will get in. Avery, do you have a do you have a prediction for how many teams ultimately get into the tournament? Uh, five to six. I'll say five to six make it into the tournament. Greg? I'm also on the five or six will get in. That's that's about what I think it'll be. Matt? Yeah, I'll I'll go five. I'm I am definitely pretty pessimistic as it relates to just kind of I I know we had a super fun run last year and I think that it was definitely deserved. I am the the way that the Utah foot the way that the Pac twelve football um teams are being ranked really worries me about the perception of the conference um specifically if ucla falters early in the non-conference um i think i think it may be a situation where it looks dire going into conference play okay all right well that's it for us we will be releasing college basketball episodes every tuesday at 5 a.m we'll do part two of our previews and start talking about some players we're really excited about other people we're super excited about But until then, enjoy football on Saturday and come back for our football episodes on Monday. For Avery at Brave Grapes, Greg at Bananamorphs, and Matt at Matt Nyber, I'm Carlos at Equity Burn. Remember, there are no truck stops here. Not even one. Rumors still and thick with smoke. So thick it makes you choke. The crowd falls in, the coffee's kicking, and my patience are wearing thin. I'm lonelier than a single sax on a quiet city street.